You are listening to the best of the housing hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. Welcome to the housing hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The housing hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host, and I'm here with co-host Mark Griffith. And uh, we have uh, an incredibly exciting show today. And as a matter of fact, on the line here with us, uh, we have Dr. Roderick Jackson. He's a PhD. He's uh, over at the Whole Building and Community Integration, I guess is what it is that you do, Dr. Jackson. Thank you for coming in and talking to us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that we do on this show is we bring experts to our show to help people and highlight things that are going on in our community, things that are important, I know, to uh, the community at large. And and, and what we're going to talk about today is about some of the projects that you guys are working on out at ORNL, some of the things that you guys are trying to help, whether that be with renewable energies, uh, with solar. Um, You've also have this Zebra Alliance that you I'd like to hear you talk about as well. But the first thing, if you don't mind, could you just give us, you know, kind of a overview of what it is that you guys are working on out there? Okay. And once again, this is Roderick, and I work in the for in our Buildings Technology Research and Integration Center here at Oak Ridge, where we have a wide array of different things we're working on, from different from new technologies to improve your building equipment to other technologies to improve the building envelope with the envelope meaning the walls, the roof, the foundation. And then with my group here, what we work on is we integrate those technologies. So we'll take the best equipment, such as a a new HVAC unit that has just made it into the market or maybe hasn't been introduced to the market, and we will integrate that piece of equipment with some of the better practices and better materials for um, the envelope insulation and integrate it to get a whole home. Um, or system approach to achieving an energy-efficient home. So our group is the Residential Building Integration and Deployment Team, and we primarily support the Department of Energy's Building America program. I noticed in your, um, I guess it was your newsletter not too long ago that you guys sent out, it's kind of a fact sheet, that you guys partner with utility companies and local contractors to retrofit and also basically just what you just spoke about. So you guys work, you know, with contractors and with utility boards as well, correct? Yes. We, one of our, um, I guess the highlights of the work that we do is in order for it to really have, uh, have a market transformation effect, we need to work with the people who are actually in the market. And the primary stakeholders or the drivers in that market are utilities. Right. And, and builders. And so we do a lot of work and, and also manufacturers. So we try to do as much work as possible with with these different stakeholders and and we're very proud of the relationship that we've developed with with tva um, ah. they've been a very influential and very a good partner to work with on some of the research projects that we've had you know we had uh just last week we had frank uh rapley i believe that's uh, correct rapley. He, he was the manager uh mark was able to get him to come on and talking about the uh initiative that they have set forth which helps you know people to evaluate their home a real professional to come in evaluate their home 
and talk a little bit about that. Do you do you guys in you obviously would encourage people to have that evaluation done? I would assume. Yes, definitely because um, having because you can't really manage what you, what you don't measure, what you don't know. So right. having that initial uh, auditor come in to give you an assessment or to have an audit done so that you can find out well what can I do because just to be honest, a lot of people you don't know what to do. So what, so you can't do anything until you find out what. So that audit and the program by TVA to try to help encourage people and help people lower their energy bills by simple or low cost or even things that will get bigger savings, but they give you an option and they show you what to do. So yes, we, we are aware of that program and we do support it because it will, it has the overall goal to uh, increase energy efficiency in the home. You know, um, my wife and I, we actually live in Knoxville and, you know, every month, you know, I see our energy cost and it seems like, it feels like that th- those are going up, you know, obviously. And, you know, that's one of the things I think that people out there that are listening, they, they may not understand the technical side of how energy is produced. And, you know, we also had Dr. Simpson from ORNL out, uh, I guess a few shows ago. Um, that's right. And, and he was able to really educate us about, you know what, uh, about 50% of the energy that is used, I think it was 50% in the United States is residential. And the furthermore, the fact is, inside of your home, there couldn't be more inefficiencies in our homes if we really step back and look at it. So, you know, what are some of the things, just I guess the, the, the basic things that you see as being the biggest drivers of inefficiencies in energy just in our home? So I, I think you're right to, to say that energy um, is, a, is a significant energy in the home, energy used in the home, and even more so, or even as a larger problem, energy loss in the home is, is a, is a right. big issue that we're focused on. And one of the things that, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that a typical person or a typical homeowner, because can, they're, where they're losing the energy is just the home isn't very, is, is very leaky. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it you spend a lot of money in the summertime to cool your home, or you spend a lot of money in the wintertime to cool your home, but in effect, you are also cooling the outside or heating right. the outside because if the amount of air that you put into your home, if every hour you have to refill your home with um, with that same amount of air 12 times or 15 times with the remaining of it going outside, that's not a very cost-effective proposition. You want right. to condition your home and in a in the most cost effective and the most efficient manner possible, so that you're not losing that air to the outside or through through just leaky just leaks around your house. Well, or yeah. even more so, once you do air seal, because that's the first thing you want to do is to right. make sure your home is, is is tight. And once you do that, then you want to insulate. You you want you know there's a common misconception. Well, let's just insulate. Well, if you insulate without air sealing. You will have a. You will stop heat from. You will try to stop heat from going through the insulation. However, if air can just pass through it, which insulation doesn't stop air from moving, then the heat will just transfer through with the air. It's kind of counterproductive in it, a way. It's, it's very counterproductive. You've actually, you've minimized the effect of 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 your your of what your, of your action. You tried to do a good thing, but in not doing it to most effective manner 
you really haven't done what you thought you were doing. Dr. Jackson, part of your study and the things that you analyze, you mentioned air seal. Are those specific things that you look back? Can you tell us what's involved in sealing? So there's a lot of things. So we can look at a new home. It's, it, and most of it is just concern for, for, different, for, for making an airtight home. And if you start with, if you're building a new home and you start from the beginning, we're going to make this an airtight home. So, <clears throat> so you take care and say, okay, let's not leave these openings or let's make sure that we don't have an opening in our home that vents to the attic or that, that allows air to come from the crawl space. Or when we put our windows in, we make sure that, that they're sealed and they're flashed correctly or put the door. So we, it's a lot of things that are small but those different small measures when you add them up they do contribute to a lot because you may have one of the metrics that um, people typically use the, the industry uses with regards to um, air tightness of a home is air changes per hour that's basically the amount of time air from the outside that's the amount of time the air that's the amount of air that fills your home per hour okay. so if you would your home is a box and you imagine that you fill that box with air. And if it's 10 air changes per hour, that means that you fill that box 10 times. You filled it up and dumped it outside. You filled it up and dumped it outside. That sounds very inefficient. <laughs> that sounds very inefficient. And, but however, the average new home may be about seven air changes. And the average existing home may be about 10 to 15. Is, is know, there and this a... Is, this is, and, and this is something that is... A uh, home that's 15 or more is not surprising. I've, I've seen many homes that, that are have 15 air changes that you fill your house with air and you dump it outside 15 times every hour. Is, is there uh, companies now uh, that can come in and retrofit a house to seal it properly? Or is this something that can only be applied to new construction? No, that's some of the things that we're doing with our retrofits because our program here at Oak Ridge, we... In the past, we've worked on a lot of new construction. We actually have seven research houses that are, that are newly built that we're monitoring and we're evaluating new technologies and best practices. However, we now have extended that with, with the understanding that the majority of the homes that will be built are already built. So what can we do to help those homes save energy? And so we're actually we have about 14 homes that we have retrofitted and that we have participated in the retrofit in the Knoxville area as well as in the Atlanta area where we did go in and do different air sealing methods or we would go in and, and upgrade the equipment or do energy efficient measures so that, for example, a home with uh, air changes, uh, initial air changes of 20 could be reduced to about 10. Wow, Some yeah. of the things that, because it's a lot of, it's a lot of times they're egregious um, things. This once you go in and you, address different measures, you may have uh, an access to your attic that's fairly, you know, it's, you don't think about it, but if it's not sealed well and it's, you know, allows air from your attic to come in, that's I think you just described my home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's some of the things that we find. You know, it's the energy. We work for the Department of Energy and we do a lot of energy savings measures, but we don't think about it a lot, but if you on the as you save energy, the majority of the time you become more comfortable. Now, and I think that's an important thing to remember. Now, once you get these energy efficiencies done in this, you mentioned uh, that 
you don't go to some of these solar paneling or maybe geothermal type things until these items are corrected. How does that integrate with some of the um, the commercialized energy things like solar panels? So one of as, as you mentioned, yes, one of the things that we do as a research program is we focus on making the home or, or really maximizing the amount of cost-effective, energy-efficient measures that you can put into a home first. Because you imagine if you put solar panels on your roof to generate electricity for your air conditioner, however, you are taking that air that you condition and you're dumping it outside 10 times an hour or 15 times an hour. That doesn't seem like a very good proposition to me. You know, we want to first make the system correct, then we'll upgrade the equipment. So with doing that, we the goal is if you can re- decrease your your efficiency, I mean, your increase your efficiency such as you decrease the amount of energy required to about 50 to 60 to 70 percent of what it would be then you could come in with solar you could put solar on your roof to make up the additional uh the remaining amount of energy that's required let me ask you this dr jackson we're here right now talking with dr roderick jackson phd out in oak ridge with works with ornl and uh he's in here talking about uh, residential energy uh initiatives that that they are taking part in um and one thing i think about when i think about the things that we're talking about is i think about the common person out there that's listening and they they're listening and it sounds great because it does really sound great you hear okay here's the inefficiencies here's the problems here's the retrofitting you know aspect of it but for the general person out there they might not understand just how much money that they are really losing by not having their home sealed and airtight so Let's just take it from that step forward because until they get their home airtight and sealed and, and, and really retrofit it to what the new standards are, there's not going to be really a desire or, or a, a really a good um, place for this, this new technology like solar because we don't want to, like you just mentioned, we don't want to you know put solar in on a house that's not airtight. So what would a person do? And matter of fact, we have three minutes less in this segment, but go ahead and answer that question. And, and then we have some more questions once we come back from break. But what, what can a person do? To what, What's the first step? Maybe take the evaluation or what would you recommend? For a retrofit application, I would say the first step is to um, take the evaluation, particularly since this is in the TVA um, uh, service, service area, to call TVA and get the energy and get the, the and to get that energy right um, energyright.com yes get that initial step because that's an initial step to say okay here are some things that i can do to make my home more efficient and now knowledge you know i think we we call this the information age or the knowledge age right you first have to get that bit of knowledge and it's and it's good to have someone come in who understands different homes who understand how they understand how to evaluate your home to look for certain measures to, to, to undertake. And so once you do that, you can then take the next step to say, okay, let me contact either a air sealer or insulation person or an HVAC person or the actually contractors who will help manage, similar to in the new construction, there are retrofit contractors or home performance contractors yeah. that can, you know, work with you on improving the comfort and energy efficiency of your entire home. So as a first step... Yes, I would get an audit done 
an auditor to come in mm-hmm. and help guide you through here are some things that I should be looking for to to go that next step. And then if you you tell your home you can as you talk to your auditor, you can then say okay, here's the place where I want to be. My bills are here and maybe you just want to 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 take care of the egregious things or maybe you really want to make an impact and say, well, what are the things that I can really do? And so those are some of the things that as you get that initial step, you can and take it further. Okay, well, you mind hanging out with us for a few more minutes? Uh, yes. We're going to take a break here. We do have right now in uh, on the line Dr. Ro- uh, Roderick Jackson is a PhD out, out in ORNL, and we thank him for coming in. We're going to ask him a few more questions, and uh, if you'd like to uh, get involved with this conversation, you can email me at kevin at kevinray.com. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the Housing Hour. We'll be right back. Listening to the best of the housing hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The housing hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the housing hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host, and co host Mark Griffith here with me. And um, man, this is some. Absolutely amazing information that we're we're learning. It's fantastic. We appreciate Dr. Jackson being online with us. Real quick, before we go on to the next segment, I do need to tell you about a very important company here locally, and that is Capital Financial Group. Capital Financial Group takes care of you from a financial perspective. If you have children and you need to worry about possibly a college scholarship fund and you have the need to invest your money and put it in in certain places, they're going to help you design a plan that's going to fit your needs. You know, they take care of not just that, but if you have a 401k, they'd like to come in and partner with you, look at what you're investing in, see if it's working. If it's not working, maybe they'll help you modify it. And they also do tax planning, estate planning, and all kinds of other other items. And you know what? They're right up below us over at Mortgage Investors Group. And they have a great team. It's Bobby and his team. I know them personally. I like working with them. We partnered with the Habitat House just a couple of months ago. So I know the hearts of these men and women. They're very good people. So give them a call today. Give them a shot. Let's talk to them and see what they can do for you. It's 865-246-1680. So back on topic, um, Dr. Jackson, again, thank you for coming in and joining us. We have lots of questions, actually, but I'm going to try to condense them down because I think that this is such a hot topic right now. And, you know, it's it's very political, too. There's a lot of people talking about it. Um, and, and this is, uh, you know, I don't want to consider this new energy age that we're in, the new information age of people wanting to learn about this. I don't want to necessarily call it trendy, although it is a little bit. Um, You know, my sister, for instance, bought, you know, she's got her regular SUV and then she has another littler SUV that's, I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's, it's like a space shuttle, you know? Um, But you know, it gets great gas mileage, but I think that 
you know, one of the things that, you know, we talked offline about was about promoting a plan and having a plan, you know, talk a little bit about what you were talking about, because it was really good information about having a plan and, you know, maybe setting some goals for the future for energy. So, yes, that was one of the things I want to talk about, because here at Oak Ridge, we're doing uh, research on, on deep retrofits, where we're seeing how to to get a 30 to 50 percent to reduce your energy bills by 30 to 50 percent. Wow. However, for the average homeowner, they may or may, they most likely will, they will probably not want to do all of that at one time. Right. The best approach would be, okay, well, let's, let's make a plan and let's make a plan so that I know whenever I need to get a HVAC, um, my air conditioning goes out, I have a plan that, okay, I want to get this type of unit or I want to make sure it has this type of efficiency or is an energy star brand or energy star rated. And so these are things because when your hot water heater goes out, when your water water heater goes out, you don't typically think about efficiency. You think about how will you get your next hot shower. That's right. And so if you don't do these things early and if you don't have a plan, you know, those who fail to plan, we know what happens. Right. So the same thing is, is true with um, with energy efficiency in your home. If you want to get there, you need to have a plan. And it's, you know, starting with the audit and looking at your budget and say, okay, I want to do this amount of things today. And you want to take it, take care of your envelope first. With envelope meaning make sure you've air sealed. And after you air seal, make sure you insulate, proper insulation. And then take care of your different pieces of equipment, such as your air conditioner or your water heater. And then... After that, you, and, and then even in between, you look at, well, I need a new appliance or I need a new TV. Let's look for the Energy Star brand. Right. You know, my TV, it gets so hot sometimes, I think it could heat up the whole house. I don't know what that's all about. But, you know, you're talking about promoting a plan. And part of a plan is being comfortable with the people on the other side of it making this technology as efficient as efficient as possible and that's what you guys are doing with these with these research homes because yes Jane and John Doe want this technology but they don't know how good it is well Dr. Jackson and his team are on the other side really planning for their future in in researching it and trying to make it more efficient more cost effective tell me about your research homes that you've got this sounds very exciting so it is. It's very exciting, and and you know I hope I can contain myself as I talk about it. Actually, yeah, because it's exciting for me, and and it's exciting also for our partners because we, as as I mentioned earlier, we partner with TVA as well as on on all seven of our homes, but on four of the homes we partner with um, Shy Shy Companies as, as well as Barbara McMurray to because yeah. for all of our partners, they wanted to find out the answers to those questions that you just raised. Right. What works? You know, there's a lot of information, a lot of things out here, but what works? What doesn't work? You know, as a builder, you know, as shy builders, what should we be doing in our new construction to make sure that we are building the most energy efficient home for our customers? And for TVA, what things can we learn from these research houses so that we make sure that we can provide to our customers information so that they can make the best decision as far as energy efficiency. And so with that motivation and then from Oak Ridge, we're we're providing a a service to the general public to say, well, here are some of the things that you can do. And so what we have is seven houses. We have um, three in 
in, in West Knoxville and, and four in Oak Ridge. And if the website for the four in Oak Ridge is, is www.zebraalliance.com. We can okay. go there and see I'll put that on our website and our blog and all that. Okay, so you can see some of the exciting things that we're doing there. And just quickly, those four homes, they were finished in 2009 and 2010 through that period, and they all will they all will use about 50% less energy than a Amazing. standard home built today. And, so and they, that's and because they got that technology on the front end, they didn't feel the cost because it was built into the home. Yeah, so a lot of things, so for example, if you're going to install a high-efficiency um, heat pump system, if you're going to, you know, you have to put it in the air conditioner regardless or some type of a heating and air system regardless. So when you do it initially, you can then, uh, it's only the incremental or the additional cost over a standard unit. And also with some of the building practices, if you, you know, take the care and you end the all the all the subcontractors, the framers, the electricians, the plumbers. If everyone has how energy efficiency on their mind as they build the house, That's efficiency right. gets built into the home, and it can be done at a cost, marginal cost or or no cost at all, no additional cost at all. I mean, I'm, I don't want to throw any builders under the bus because my father was a builder, but you know, and I was a builder before I went. To, okay, before, before I came. To Interesting. Oprah. So please don't throw us all. Over. <laughs> but but you know, I grew up with my with my dad, and I was out on the construction sites with him all the time. And I mean, he would admit it. There there was a, there's a lot, well maybe not as much anymore, but there's a lot of inefficiencies even building an inefficient home in energy. Whether that be you know materials getting wet, whether that be I mean, so I think that as as builders get smarter, as we get smarter, and as they see the need to get this under, you know, under control, like you said, you're you're going to be a source that we can all go to and see the real proof is in the pudding. And I'm excited to learn more about these houses that you guys have, you know, reduced the energy cost by 50%. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to throw that in there. I thought it was important. Oh, no, I think that's important. For example, that, you know, compared to the efficiencies of doing it correctly. Um, right. One of the homes that we've built, it, it's using advanced framing. It's using advanced framing technique, uh-huh. or optimum value framing, it's OVF. And what we've done there is, we've instead of a typical home being, a typical home has thick construction uh, studs, on a two by four studs on 16 inch centers. However, in this, in this home, we have two by six studs on 24 inch centers. Okay. And so, over the so we've reduced the amount of, of, of total lumber in the home, and it still and meets the wind um, still, requirements. Yeah, so, and so because as you build it, you just you you align different structural members so that you can the home will still be as structurally sound as a two by six home, two by two by four home on twenty four on sixteen inch centers. But because it's designed with with this approach in mind, so it's you can it's, still meet it's it. cheaper. Yes, and, just and as also, you can get more insulation in the wall, ah. and you reduce them because wood, because everywhere you have wood in your wall, the studs in your wall, you don't have insulation. Right. You Ooh. want to maximize the amount, maximize the amount of insulation that you have in the walls. You, so that allows you to do that. Part part of the uh, the education here is trying to get the builders on board. How do you take what you found in your policies and procedures and get them into the manufacturing work site with these builders? And so that's one of the, the primary goals of the Building America program that we support 
the Department of, Department of Energy's Building America Go program, you know, really utilizing the program as an example of good government. And with doing that, how can we get the information that we're doing, getting this, this great information on how to save 30, 50 percent? How do we get that to builders? And, and it's by coming on your show, or it's by if you go to the Building America website, the Department of Energy's Building America website, really building tools so that a builder can go to this tool and find what they need. If they have a question on how do they, if they want to to um, build a, a house with an unvented attic so that all of their HVAC equipment is brought inside of the condition space instead of it, it. It sounds weird when we do it. I mean, it sounds weird when you talk about it, but in actuality, how many of us have an air conditioner, our ducts for air conditioner go through the attic? We know the attic gets about 130 degrees, it's really hot. Right. But we have our cold ducts going through it. So that doesn't, it doesn't really, you wouldn't put your, um, your refrigerator inside of your oven. But we do that a lot of times. And so, but if you had a question on how Mark to do does that properly. That. <laughs> My house, it, it runs through the attic. <laughs> and, and, and a lot, that's how most homes are. Right. But there are ways that we can, there are ways that you can build a home such that you don't have that refrigerator inside of your oven. Now, let and, me ask you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, and so the Building America program, they, they have tools so that you can go and, and click, well, how do I do this? And, and we will be releasing later this year a resource tool that you can answer these questions. It will have pictures that say, here's the right way and here's the wrong way. And we can take pictures of Mark's house to <laughs> show them the wrong way. The poster child. No, but um, I want to also just acknowledge the people you're partnering with, um, and those people would be, uh, and especially for this Zebra Alliance, is Shod Companies. Yes. Tennessee Valley Authority, yes. of course, ORNL and DOE. So you guys have partnered with other people to make this stuff come and, and happen. And, and Shy, you know, and, and I can't say enough about the partners that we had because, you know, it's really, it's really building a house, building a house, an energy efficient house. It's difficult as it is, but when you have a bunch of scientists in the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it can get really tough. But our partners were were very willing to work with us and very willing. To say, well, let's learn. Let's use this as a as a science project to see how do we really, you know, move the market. How do we transform the market to where it's not just that one person in the neighborhood who has an energy efficient home. Well, now it's the whole neighborhood that has energy efficient homes, and 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 for the builder, but for TVA, how do we transform it to where everybody in the in the valley has an energy efficient home? Those are some of the, I guess, the motivations for our partners and why they were so willing. Um, to be, and why I guess why they were so such willing partners and good partners, and then for Department of Energy, yes, they want it for the whole country. The, Dr. Jackson, is there a builder list of builders who said I'm going to adhere to these standards? Is there something printed like that? And so, there is a program with um, in Department of Energy has a program. Our Building America has a program called the DOE Challenge. Okay, it was formerly known as the Builders Challenge, and this is you know this. That's uh, to show this, this home that is certified in Builder's Challenge. This is a home that employs measures that not just the, the cutting edge. This is, this is more of the bleeding edge of, of home energy efficiency. These are the first adopters as a way to show here is a, a really advanced home. And then so a home with that label. And then the, the, the next approach would be a home with the Energy Star label because one of the things, one of the most recognized brands, in the world is Energy Star. And so and a lot of people don't know, but you can get an Energy Star home. 
Oh, and so yeah. that's another easy way, not necessarily saying the builders are on a list, but the home should be on a list. The home should yeah. say, you know, that's an easy, quick way to say, well, this home, so, you know, this home is, is, is an entry star home. Yeah, well, well, you know what? I think that we're going to do something for our listeners, and that is we're going to put up your website and also all the other associated websites so that they can learn and understand and have the knowledge that you um, provided to us today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on, Dr. Jackson. It has been extremely informative. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Yes, and this has been Dr. Jackson, Ph.D. at ORNL, and we need to have you back for sure. We didn't even get to talk about Habitat, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that later. But, guys, again, thank you for joining us. We are going to be right back after these messages. You are listening to the Best of the Housing Hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Thank you for coming back in and joining us. And I want to tell you about a company that I believe very strongly in, and that is Admiral Title. Admiral Title has been around for eight years. Phyllis Burnett and Terry Adams started it, and they started it to really uh, be different than other title companies. And I know that everybody says they're going to treat their customers right and take you through the process and do everything that they need to have done. But you know what? They really do it. They really take care of their people, and they are uh, have a lot of experience, too. That's another thing that is different, different about them. Uh, Phyllis has been in the business for, for a long time and she knows um, every problem or every issue that could possibly come up um, and she really is informed she uh, stays educated about the title business about the mortgage business she can answer any questions because you know what she used to be in the mortgage business for a long time prior to uh, her starting this company so they do a, a tremendous job so if you're a realtor out there if you're a lender out there and you want to start a relationship with someone who really knows what they're doing Admiral title is the place for you and then as I always say if you are just a consumer listening which we have a lot of those, and you want to go to a company that will really take care of your refinance or your purchase, um, maybe you're paying cash, good for you, you can go directly to them. It's Admiral Title, 865-531-6060. So we're back in here, and, and you know, we you just got done listening to uh, Dr. Roderick Jackson, and um, we wanted to bring in uh, Dr. Simpson, Mike Simpson, to come in, who's been our energy advisor throughout this year. The he's, expert. He's the expert. He's done a tremendous job helping us pack up and, and unpack and re, revamp all of our segments. And he, he knows a lot about this subject matter. And, you know, the first thing that I want to do is thank you for coming in doing this, first well, of all. It's a real pleasure to be here. And it's an honor to be on your best of show. So thank oh, you very yes. much. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Dr. Jackson uh, did a, a great job. He's very passionate about what he talked about he he was so excited about you know this program and about these zero net energy homes and you know they they have such a great partnership with you know with the, with the community they have these homes that they've built um first i just actually want to get your opinion about the the zebra alliance and and what it is that they're doing what do you think about it do you think it's it's productive has it been successful from your perspective I think it's been extremely successful and and you know we're in um, sort of the phase of this development of zero net energy housing 
that I would say is kind of analogous to what happened with, say, fire protection in houses. Mm. You know, it's like once upon a time you build houses and you didn't really worry about how they were going to hold up if, you know, if somebody dropped a match somewhere or something like that. And then we learned how to put in fire stops and we learned how to do all these things so that, you know, houses were a lot safer. and They didn't burn the way that they, they, they once did. And it's our future that homes are going to be a lot more energy efficient than they once were. You know, half of the energy we generate in this country is rejected, which means it's just lost. It's wasted. Mm. And that's not going to be that's not in our long term national interest. Yeah. If you look at the broad picture, too, mm. we're growing as a, a community, as our population increases, there's going to be bigger and bigger demands on the, the, the grid, if you will. And if we don't recognize the fact that we need to have better solutions for energy. I mean, the worst case scenario is that we're going to have more outages. Maybe there's going to be other problems. What do you see as some of the potential problems if we don't really kind of take what he's doing and others and and try to really promote it and get involved with it? What are some of the the consequences? Well, um, you might have heard about the uh, problem they had with the grid in India just a few weeks ago where they just took the whole grid down because it was overloaded. And I mean, it was down for a long time. They didn't know what happened. They didn't know why. Our grid's outdated. You know, mm. we've we've got a problem. We haven't really uh, we we've got kind of fifties and sixties technology mm. in our grid right now, and we're trying to run a twenty first century economy and a twenty first century society on a grid that really hasn't been updated. We can't put too much demand on that grid until we you know we move to a smart grid. We move to better transmission. Um, if we get better energy efficiency, that's just like adding new power plants. Mm. So you get better energy efficiency. I think I told you one time that it, you know, that we're talking about more than a billion dollars in a decade to license and build a nuclear power plant. You, you took the words out of my mouth. I was yeah. just going to talk about that. In in for a fraction of that cost and in a fraction of that time, you can produce, if you like, that much energy by saving it. But it doesn't take just one year to build a nuclear facility. How many? I mean, it takes thirteen years. Thirteen years, yeah, and most of that's in licensing. And, and, and doing risk analysis and all of these sorts of things. Because, you know, let, let's face it. We all know what happened in Japan. Mm. You don't want that to happen in your neighborhood. Right. And, okay, you're not going to have a tsunami in East Tennessee, but East Tennessee has earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And Real the, Foot Lake, uh, just not – that's West Tennessee. Yes. But, I mean, we obviously have a fault line that's not, not too so, far Not away. so far away, yeah. And it wasn't so long ago that there was an earthquake that was felt from Virginia to Washington That's to right. here. Yeah. Well, Mike, how would you describe the uh, the attitude of the American people about uh, applying some of the things that Dr. Jackson talked to in their homes? Do you, It doesn't seem like everybody's running down to Home Depot to find those products to seal. How do we generate the, the interest? Yeah. You know, what I think the issue there is is that you don't, you know, you get the electricity bill once a month, and you don't see, like if you do something, if you increase your insulation or if you change the bulbs in your house or something, you don't see that money right away. I think you kind of lose it. You forget that it's happening. And one thing that people have started to think about is smart metering. So you, you've heard about smart metering? No, have not. So this is literally where, you know, right now, if you want to know how much electricity you use in your house, you got to go outside, you got to go find the meter. And then how many of us know how to read that meter? Now, (laughs) you could literally have, you know, an LCD display sitting in your house that's sitting there and it's cranking over dollars cents the whole time. 
And wow. if you went and turned off a light, you could see it start to turn over slower. If you added insulation, you could see it start to turn wow. on lower. And this is like you've seen these things for cars where you can plug this thing in your car and it tells you what kind of gas mileage you're getting on a real-time basis. Mm. That changes people's driving habits, literally. Yeah. They've done the research. Well, I can promise you that mm. Omer Ray, my grandfather, <laughs> had a built-in clock in his head. He'd go out there and he'd say, Mabel? <laughs> that yeah. Was my, yeah, but that's you, the generation. That, yeah, I mean, it was because you yeah, know, people grew up in the Depression. We yeah. don't need to be running all these lights in the house, you know, and oh, yeah. and the TV's been on all day, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you, so those are generational things. I think those are those are things that I think are built in to our psyche, to kind of who we are, and, and mm-hmm. how it is our spending patterns. And, mm-hmm. and and let's just be honest. I mean, a lot of the people that live today in this generation, the kids that are growing up, and I'm not saying that they're irresponsible, but I'm just saying they have a little bit different mindset. They have the iPods and the iPhones and the droids and the iPads and they they are it's like this on demand society right you know you want what you want when you want it and when it comes to TV or turning on the light or hot water it's got to be right there right yeah, away right. and so this this delay of instant gratification where Omer my grandfather you know at a certain point the lights were going out in the house I mean that that's just the way it was but right that, that generation yeah. you know from the Great Depression you know certainly learned those habits because of money yeah but, absolutely you know coming in from the Great Recession I'm not sure that this generation that grew up in the Great Recession is learning the same things that your yeah. grandfather did. And, and you know part of that is that you know we've got a society now that we consider it to be too big to fail so these times where the, the we're being all being bailed out and nobody's suffering any consequences from the irresponsible decisions that we've made so it's that enabling that we've really put ourselves into so we kind of got off onto a tangent there for a minute <laughs> but, a good tangent. And, and out of my expertise too. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but you know another thing that that you just said, which was the smart grid. We only have about five minutes left in the show and I want to be able to wrap it all up, but just real quick, the smart grid, um, I was listening to another local show just the other day and he was out at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory and they have that smart computer, the Titan. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Titan? Mm-hmm. Um, it's this enormous computer that ha- does billions of computations per second trillions trillions of uh, (laughs) and and could something like that if we wrapped it all together could it help with the smart grid at some level you know and also the water levels and things of that nature the the smart grid would actually be just a little bit different so you know some of these supercomputers you know the kraken and the jaguar and the titan and things like that that's a whole bunch of computing power concentrated in one spot A smart grid would be little bitty pieces of computing power distributed all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that sort of at every house, mm. there was sort of some knowledge about, uh, you know, what to do. So this is yeah. a, a case by like a, a home by home type thing. Yeah, it's what we call distributed. It, mm-hmm. it's, it, so in, in the end, it might have as much computing capability. I mean, obviously, if we put this all over the country mm-hmm. in the grid, it would have the same kind of computing power mm-hmm. as, say, a supercomputer but it would be distributed all over the place. And in any one place, there would just be a little little chunk of smartness. Yeah. Well, so, you know, if people that are out there listening, I mean, what are the stumbling blocks? Why haven't we took this, taken this on? Is it money? Is it, um, is it focusing our attention on it? Uh, what, what's the problem? I think it's a multitude of, of things. It is money. And so it would come down to the local utilities. So, you know, for example, here it would have to be KUB. Mm. And, you know, so there would be uh, um, a cost of infrastructure. That mm-hmm. cost would have to be passed on to customers, and it would be passed on in a chunk, and then they would get it back in little pieces over years. 
Well, yeah, and there's yeah. so much regulation with utility district. I mean, because like TVA is really the the supplier of energy, and then KUB would be the retailer. K- KUB is the customer, right? And right. Then they, and then they, they resell to us, right. right? So, so who who really would be the person to head up that type of initiative? Would it be the government, like uh, Uncle Sam, or would it be the local districts that would get that started? Uh, it would have to be a private public partnership. Okay. okay. So you it would take it would take government, it would take local utilities, it would take local communities and and the and the national will to do this. Mm-hmm. And it probably does take national leadership to make it yeah. happen. And you know there's so many fish on the frying pan right now. Well there are, but everybody can do their part. And I think with ceiling and this energy mm-hmm. uh, efficiency program that we're doing, everybody in their home can do a be a part of this by reducing their energy use by doing the uh, proper energy ceiling techniques and conservation absolutely and, and we're going to be very soon talking uh, to frank rapley and having his program about the evaluation program but what it is that you need to know from uh, the rest of this show is that you can go to zebraalliance.com and that's z-e-b-r-a alliance it's actually zebraalliance.com you can check that out actually on our website we'll have that posted for you as well um, because that's where you can go to learn more about dr jackson's program and what it is that they're doing and learn about the things out in Oak Ridge, the homes that really are operating at a very high level, saving 50 to 60%. It's incredible the the actual cost effectiveness. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for coming in again. Dr. Simpson's been nice enough to join us and uh, we just appreciate you guys coming into the housing hour today. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group and this special best of segment is brought to you by Capital Financial Group and Admiral Title. Thank you again for coming in. Thank you to my co-hosts, Mark and Shine, uh, our producer. We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. Don't forget, thehousinghour.com. Take care. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.